Hello, hello and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together. It's Wednesday the 4th of April and here we go. The show today features my guest Robbie Jack, uh, Robert Jack technically. And uh, we have a great old chat, we laugh and we enjoy just catching up really and talking about living in the moment and about how right now you're doing what you're doing instead of wishing your life away and I suppose that applies to everybody but we talk about it in terms of being an actor and working in theatre. This is it, you know, you're in it now and uh, it's not in the future, it's not some far off place, it's now. And also, uh, we talk about the idea of having a plan or a goal and, and what's on the hit list. I asked Robbie what was on his, his hit list, things he wanted to do, parts he wanted to play and he doesn't have one really and he, he just wants to keep working. He's one of these people who's happy to be employed and that's tremendous and it's, it's so interesting to hear him talk about it and, and his roots where he came from this amateur dramatics culture which is so strong in more rural communities and he talks about that a wee bit and uh, anyway I won't give it all away but Robbie Jack's here it was recorded a number of weeks ago so he starts we talk a little bit about Rhinoceros and um, about how it's coming back and of course you'll know that it is back it's back uh, already and it's finishing up this week in fact so you've still got a chance to see it at the Lyceum and Robbie's in it, along with many other people who are wonderful, and many of them have been on the show. Sally Reed, uh, and a number of great people that haven't yet been on the show, including Harry Ward, Myra McFadden, Steve McNichol, some great people. So, um, they're still there, they're there till Saturday at the Lyceum, and it's a tremendous show. It's completely bonkers in the most wonderful way. Also this week, uh, at the Traverse, Gary McNair's Locker Room Talk makes another appearance. Um, a really important piece of work and, and an exciting one in a completely different way. And at the same time, downstairs, we are doing our second and final week of McGonagall's Chronicles. So uh, we're still rhyming away. We went to Dundee, where McGonagall's from. We did the show there, and some of his ancestors were there, and it was it was tremendous. And now we're in Edinburgh for a play, A Pie and a Pint, which they've taken on from, from more and more for some of the weeks of the year. Um, and that's interesting, seeing what the different audiences are like in Edinburgh. is Edinburgh audiences are of course different um, but just as appreciative and they seem to be loving the show and the thinkery is getting closer and closer by the hour submitting the draft in the next few days I hope um, so I'm tinkering away all the time trying to write little bits of music I even discovered a way that I can write music in bed which was a great revelation of yesterday I've got this little um, keyboard which is a kind of a midi trigger thing and it, there's no weight in it and it's powered by the computer and I actually sat up in bed I wrote a song that I was really pleased with, so maybe working from bed is good, conducive to creativity. I don't know. Write and tell me your thoughts. Remember that I'm on Twitter, pitccpod, and also you can write to brian at puttingittogethercast.com. On that website, and indeed on the Tron's website, there's details now about the Putting It Together live show, which, uh, the first of many, I hope, is happening next Saturday, the 14th of April at 5pm. So, um, the tickets are available on the Tron Theatre's website, they're limited, and it's one show only, so please do get your tickets, uh, they're not expensive, and I'd love you to be part of the conversation. Um, I'm not sure, uh, to be exact, what format the evening's going to take, it's it's like the podcast, it's a live version of the podcast, but I, the reason I'm saying that is, there might be a bit of a and a there might be an interactive element to it, I don't know, I'm excited about it, I'm letting it just be free and easy, and I've got two tremendous guests for the night so yes get involved with that please come down we'd love to see you uh, and also it's a chance to see bingo at the tron and many of my guests have been involved in that new musical with stella quines uh, so 
that's coming up very soon and in the meantime i'm working on the musical i've got another week of mcgonagall's chronicles to go and every week of course i've got a new guest to bring you so this week i am with robbie jack and we are putting it together But we went on holiday. To, we went on package holidays to to the sun. Oh my goodness! We did, yeah. But the, these package holidays were you didn't know when you booked it where you were <laughs> going to. You knew what country you were going oh, to, what that airport. Is amazing. But you did not know anything about the really? place you were going to stay. And you would sit on the bus. There would be a bus from the airport, and invariably you'd be on it for four hours at oh three in the God. morning. And they would stop at the first hotel like 10 minutes from the airport and you would go, come on. And it would be gorgeous, massive, Taj Mahal kind of outfit. (laughs) And they would read out a few names off a clipboard and none of them would be O'Sullivan. And then an hour down the road, some (laughs) dirt track, this dilapidated old building with, you know, the the water running out the side pipes and all that. And they would, a few more names and you'd be going, at least give us this. No. Four hours down the road. Finally, there's nobody left on the bus except me, my mum and dad, matching shell suits. (laughs) (laughs) And they say, O'Sullivan, and then you go, and it's just it's just a little country house or some terrible thing. You know, it's like Withnail and I or something. And then you, the trouble is you have to do it all on the way back. Yeah, you've got and to go in, and pick reverse. up the people that have had the amazing the time. fabulous time, yeah. So you've been in, in down in the cities now for a wee while. Yes, yes. From um, rural life. And, and yeah, came down here when I, was, uh, when I was 18, straight out of high school, went to drama school and yeah, fell in love with Glasgow and fell in love with city living, but like smaller city living. I've never tried to live in London, but yeah, that's a different uh, game. Having though. visited it and and even some of the other cities, like they're just a bit too manic for yeah a small provincial boy. <laughs> even I think even the centre of Edinburgh is kind of yeah like Princess Street is a bit it's mad hideous. But then to be fair, if you hung about on Tucky Hall Street all the time. Yeah, that's true. Or Buchanan true. Street, you would go mental. Although some people are kind of, like, I remember people saying that they, you don't go down Socky Hall Street, like, at night. Mm-hmm. And having lived in the city centre for a good kind of six, seven years, like, and, and although I wasn't, I, I don't drink now, but, like, although I, I wasn't kind of teetotal at the time, like, I love the mentalness of Socky Hall Street on, like, a Friday or it's a like Saturday It's like a zoo, night. isn't it? It's absolutely extraordinary. Like, that, just that being able to see people with no inhibitions and no no filter just going absolutely mental and knowing that they're not not necessarily looking for trouble with anybody. They're more interested in their mate that's like three blocks down and they're shouting. Like People just letting off steam, isn't yeah, it, for the most part? Yeah. I, yeah, I love it. I love seeing kind of people just going a bit a bit mad <laughs> i like driving down there oh I bet because you just be like keep going <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah the walking i'm not so much <laughs> for the walking so did you have one of these uh teachers at school that encouraged you to, mm-hmm. to go to drama school and so you knew right away you were going is that yeah yeah i had um yeah i had um even in primary school I had teachers like my primary five teacher mrs garrity she was kind of she did kind of plays and stuff like that with the class and um but in 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 high school it was you know a dr- drama teacher which I, I i also found unusual when i came down here was that i didn't understand that a school couldn't like might not have a drama department. yeah i, I went like, to schools that didn't have yeah and like up north it's a really strange thing that 
like every school has a drama department so it felt really strange coming down and people are like you could do higher drama without having to travel and you're like yeah Crazy. doesn't doesn't your school have a, a drama studio we had a drama studio with like Great. you know a stage and 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 lights and and all the rest of it so yeah miss miss scott was my drama teacher who who have been and visited kind of gone back since and done weird where she sits me with like standard grade students and ask me questions and oh, literally none of them care <laughs> <laughs> you know it's nice though it's nice to go back and literally people are just like don't know who this guy is what good for the ego to? that totally keep you in just check keeps you mm-hmm. keeps you down but yeah she was yeah she was kind of really important to for me t- to to feel like i could do it like because i never really you know, I didn't really, I, I did all the kind of amateur dramatics and because mm-hmm. again, that's a thing up north, like where it's, you're like, there's so many groups, so many people doing it. So if you want to do it, which I did, you know, being a teenager, like I was, I was yeah, it's in like doing kind of three shows a year. Yeah. Like, and, and you could, and it was there and that was all your time. And, you know, I was still interested in playing football at the time. So like, you know, your Saturday was football, but every other day was kind of drama day and just immersed myself in that. And then I realized, you know, she kind of let me know that you could, that you, there was, there was places where you could actually do this. You didn't it, really know that. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I was like, it was just something I knew I loved doing. And it, it just seemed at the time when I found out about drama school, like that, and I did SYT, I came down and did SYT mm-hmm. when I was kind of 16 but found out that, yeah, that that, that 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 was possible. that, And it seemed like such a natural progression. I was like, all right, well, I enjoy doing it. And yeah. and it seems to go all right. So, yeah, I'll go to drama school. And I was so lucky to get in first time because now thinking about it, I, I kind of... I kind of look back and I'm like, would I, if I'd suffered a setback, you know, mm-hmm. like there's people in my class that it was like the fourth time applying for drama school. And, and I kind of look back and I go, did I have that determination or, cause it seemed so logical and natural. And I mean, luckily yeah. for me as an 18 year old, like it never, it never went, nobody ever went no until I was 21 and in the profession and suddenly people all, then the no, start. all the no's start <laughs> and you go, oh my God. But at the time, yeah, I was really fortunate I got in and, and so I was just like, all right, well, that's what you do. You go to, you know, you go from high school, you go to drama school yep. and, and then they teach you how to be an actor and then you just go and do it. And yeah, when you're 21, you realise, no, they don't just let you do it. Like, yeah, people yeah. will say no. What was the... What were the cultural differences? Do you think from coming from that small town, coming into the city with drama school, and you know, I, I think certainly, although I found that surprising as well that there was people in my drama school, there was people in my class that had done three plays, mm-hmm. like total ever, yeah. and and I was like, I've done I've done about twenty five, like so actually. A kind of an element of an element of comfort on stage was already there. So, kind of, I think the the kind of the, the bigness of of the local amateur scene in the kind of northeast is is really important for people just for experience, just for literally being on a stage and yeah. knowing that the audience is that way, and 
you know, like the very, very basics of kind of stagecraft. Yeah, totally. Um, but, but culturally, I do think that we were much poorer. Like I had no knowledge of, you know, and although companies did tour, I didn't even go and see, you know, I know I remember seeing a poster. The one I really remember was for Caledonia Dreaming, the 784 show. Oh, yeah. I remember Sean Connery was on the poster. There was like a little image of Sean Connery. But I never went to see it. Theatre was a thing that I did, not that, not a thing that I watched, certainly growing up. The yeah. only thing you went to see was, was, was Panto. And you went to, you know, and you did your own one. And then maybe with your school or with another group, you went to Aberdeen or Inverness mm-hmm. um, to 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 see to see the panto. But that was kind of it. You you maybe watched other amateur groups, but you didn't yeah. necessarily watch professional groups. I don't. There was one or two we went to see. I, I used to go to. A, 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 I mean, he sounds ridiculous, but he was a big influence as well. A guy called the Okie Dokie Man. The Okie Dokie Man. The Okie Dokie Man. Oh, was he like he Mr. Was, Boom or something? Yeah, well, he was kind of, he was like a drama, like he, he ran a drama group and he came oh, into our primary school and he was, in my head, I can't remember if this is really true, but in my head, he's kind of like Daughter Man. Right. Like yeah. he's kind yeah. of multicolored and has a guitar <laughs> and sings songs, but he used to do, he, he came into our school and then he set, set up a club and we used to do like, I remember... And it was people like my brother who have no interest in theatre, but he mm. would go. And we ended up going to, we did like a tour of Macbeth because we're from Lossiemouth. And so we went along to Forest mm-hmm. and we found a hill and we read out the scenes in the witches for, for, with the witches. And then we went to Inverness and, mm-hmm. and like just found places that we thought were kind of important to the play, to the, you know, to the locations and he took us to Eden Court to see Woman in Black when Ooh. I was when I was like I must have been about 10 or 11 oh my goodness oh, horrifying it's amazing it, it's such and it's still a play I love and I, I adore love, it uh, and I love the simplicity of it I love the fact that there's a, a play that can do horror so well amazing um, but yeah I remember and we got to go back. He knew the woman who played the woman, in, uh, the, the woman in black, and we all just stood at the door of our dressing room. And she's like, "Hello, how are you?" And we're all like, "Oh my god, she's terrifying!" Like, and she's not even credited in the program. No, well, she is, but she's secretly. But it's so clever. Like, yeah. and I think that's the brilliant thing about that play is, oh, I love it. Is it never lets the audience off the hook. Yeah, and that's the hard, the hardest thing I think to do in in theatre is horror and. They do it so well. They just, they yeah. tick all the box. Like, they go, okay, the fact that it's in a theatre and you can let yourself off the hook by it's in a theatre, we're going to set it in a theatre, so you can't do that. The fact that they're actors, then you can always tell yourself they're actors by looking in the programme. We're not going to put it in the programme. <laughs> yeah, You know, even point. at the end, like, the bow, they're like, She's we're not going to give her a bow. She's just going to float at the back. The other actors are going to mention her at the end. And then the other actor says what woman and you're just like oh let me off the hook you just and it's yeah it's such a and i've seen it as an adult and it's still so enjoyable yeah. having i think i saw it at the theater royal in glasgow and watching 1500 people shit themselves at the same time is such totally. a, a unique experience in the theater you know and that that brilliant 
like everyone screams and then they laugh and they look to the person next to them even if they don't know them like what to do (laughs) people grab each other you know yeah i've taken people to see it because i've seen it so many times and i go you've got to come and see this and then they're grabbing you what's it gonna be like i said i'm telling you nothing you know (laughs) it's so good when he says i didn't see a young woman and you feel everyone collectively go, yeah yeah oh no it's so brilliant and i remember that being a really i mean being utterly terrified as like an 11 year old but it being a really exciting experience going oh my goodness that like this is what it can do yeah um so yeah it sorry to uh, get get back to your question but yeah i think culturally apart from those kind of few things it was a very amateur focused kind of mm-hmm. culture in regards to uh, uh, theater and and what that was so when i came down i i, I I didn't know a great deal. You know, SYT had taught me a, a little bit about kind of a few plays and yeah. and what that was. But when people start mentioning things, when you start drama school and you're like, I have no idea who these people are, you know, mm-hmm. pre, pre-proper internet days yeah. where, you know, you had to read everything in a book. Like you just go, I don't know who this is. I don't know who this is, but being in a city like Glasgow where so much was happening, you could you could immerse yourself very quickly in it. And I found that I did I wanted to do that. Yeah. Um but yeah, those were the kinda those were the kind of main mm-hmm. differences. So you you come out of there and you've had your you've been told how to be an actor mm-hmm. and then the nose <laughs> Yeah. Like you said, the and nose, nose began. Yeah. So what how how quietly did they start? Um they started pretty quickly. Straight um, into the nose straight into the nose got an agent in london who was a kind of okay agent um uh, but yeah just realized and as well that that thing in especially in third year of drama school there's just plays constantly so even if you do while you're doing a play you find out what you're doing in the next play so like there's always a part for you and that that utter emptiness of when you come out and you go there isn't a part for me like someone's not gonna go i'm gonna challenge you someone's not gonna go yeah well let's see what you do with this part literally you have to try and convince somebody to to let you try with that part and yeah i don't think i don't think i worked for the first six months Mm -hmm. um which i know isn't a long time but it is certainly when you've been constantly doing stuff in drama school and then i was lucky i got um uh where Matt Lenton from Vanishing Point, who had directed us in our third year, um, he had an actor drop out, which is generally how I get jobs with Matt Lenton. Like he's like, <laughs> um, Robbie, could you be a backup, please? Uh, so uh, we did um, me and uh, Jamie Harrison, who I was uh, I was in uh, from Vox Motus. He was he was an actor on my course and we were flatmates all through college we were flatmates after college and mm-hmm. um so jamie both jamie and i jamie got the part without somebody dropping out because he he could do card magic uh he's the magic guy he's the magic yeah. guy um so he was he was playing it was a and it was a promenade version of um a brief history of time uh the stephen hawkins book <laughs> right <laughs> you know matt was being uh, ambitious sure um so jamie's kind of part of it was all about chance and how chance isn't really chance because he's a magician and he kind of 
So, and, and the audience, after his part, the audience split and went from... Uh, so you either got a good experience or a bad experience. So the good experience was like being led into this room and there was like these kind of beautiful, dark, utter pitch black room and you got sat in a chair and these um, these planets kind of glowed mm-hmm. and, and lit up the room and it was in tramway one. So Ooh. it was just the whole of tramway one was blacked out. And the people who had lost the bit in Jamie's part, who, who mm-hmm. hadn't won the card game, got bundled into the back of a transit van, a blacked out transit van and driven around the car park with the same, they both had the same description about uh, space and, and time and, and and where our place in the universe is, but one got to sit and experience this kind of beautiful, gentle, and the other got bundled into the back of a van. Oh my goodness. Um, what were you driving the van? No, I was... <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I had. I that genuinely wish I had. I played um, uh, St. Augustine at one point in, in the piece, mm-hmm. um, being unable to... He was unable to decipher he 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 was worried that because he was quite scientific and and stuff that 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 meant that he was further away from god and but my main part was uh playing the rabbit from alice in wonderland who couldn't get his head around um hawkins theories of black holes um so, and that's hilarious it was yeah it was i mean a terrifying thing to and I had a, I had a scene with a, a puppet. I had to do this scene with, with Alice. He had mm-hmm. um, who because it was my first job. I remember trying to steal the puppet of Alice. I mean, it was just it was just a kind of sock puppet, not a sock puppet, but a, a regular hand puppet. Sure, you know. And and I think I was like, oh, this is my first job, and I'm going to take this. And I remember being in the bar in the tramway afterwards, and Kai Fisher. The designer coming up to me, uh, Robbie, I would like Alice back, please. <laughs> you're like, I, I don't have, yes, you do. Oh, no. Oh, okay. I remember. That drama school stuff's not yeah, going to wash yeah, yeah, anymore. Yeah. No, you don't get to steal props now. Oh, man. You're a professional. So, yeah, Matt gave me my first my first job and, and uh, uh, Simon Sharkey, uh, when he was at Cumbernauld, um, my first panto. Ah, Cumbernauld. Yeah. That's weird. I always wonder about people doing panto at Cumbernauld, how you're, because you're kind of out there in that wee, oh, that wee place. and so surreal. I guess if you've got a car, you might have a bigger, bit of a chance yeah. you can go and get something to eat. Yeah, I, I always wonder about it. I don't. So do you, well, like, you that just, would drive me crazy. You, yeah, you do. You go a little crazy. Yeah. And you, they do three show days sometimes. Yeah, this was, so this was when Simon was, Simon was still doing it. We only did a couple of three show days. Mm-hmm. I think they do a lot more now. Um, but yeah, you you're kind of you're kind of left. You know, we 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 travel in and out every day, but like there was quite a lot of kind of. I remember a lot of kind of ten and ten and a half seven shows. So oh. you just have these periods of That's of madness. being like, we're in Cumbernauld. Um, <laughs> what do you want it? Shall we go to the ASDA again? Like oh, you man. would just you go to the ASDA, but then. You know, it's good. It was a it was good company. It was usually a kind of company of five. I did it a couple of times, and yeah, people would you'd bring in you'd do anything. You'd bring in games like yeah, yeah. I think the second year I did it, Harry Warden brought in like his PS2 or whatever it was at the time, PS1 maybe. Yeah, yeah. And like, so you would try and do anything 
to kind of, I mean, you would sleep a lot as well. But did you, you not think that, despite all that, did you not feel like you'd arrived? Because your first couple of jobs, oh, regardless of the oh, conditions, you think, totally, yes. Totally. And and especially with people like Matt and and, and Simon, mm-hmm. is they're, they're kind of positive people to be around and, and exciting people to be around. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even though we were doing a kind of, a, it, it, it was never quite a Christmas show and it was never quite a panto, at Cumbernauld, um, even though you were doing that and you didn't really know what you were doing, um, <clears throat> yeah, you 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 just you were like, I, I'm doing I'm doing the thing that I wanted to do. Yeah, like, yeah. This is amazing. People are laughing. People are sometimes not laughing, which is equally as terrific. Cumbernauld can be a hard audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 know how to tell you like, yeah, you're not very good. Like just death stares because it's that because it's in that kind of thrust mm-hmm. stage it's they're, very exposing they're literally on three sides of you yeah. and and just those moments when you're like yeah i've got i've got them i've got oh no, no, I, don't. <laughs> no I don't there's no escape what was on what was on the list at that time in your head what did you think you were going to do or hope you were going to do mm, i don't know i don't know i've ever i've ever been had that kind of idea about about what what i want and 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 i kind of still don't and i find that really hard when you know when you when you when you go and speak to your agent usually at this time of year where you're like Mm -hmm. okay so what we you know and you can kind of say one or two i can you know make up one or two not make up but i can I can, there can be two things maybe that I'm like, okay, I definitely know I want to do this. But, mm-hmm. but generally, I'm like, I want to work. I want to get better at yeah. working. I want to feel like I'm progressing as an actor. And I think that's the hardest thing to, to like, to be able to, to describe to somebody is I want, I want to feel like I'm progressing. And mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean. Um, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger jobs. No, of course, Like, yeah. that's, and I think that's the hard thing for me is you could put two two jobs down side by side and, and you could see absolutely on paper, this one's this one's the bigger job, this one's in the West End, it's this, it's that. Mm-hmm. But this one that isn't in the West End and, and is a little, like, is far more interesting to me. And... I think even from the beginning, I kind of didn't know. And because I didn't have a huge knowledge of of theatre history and, and, and all those things, like, there wasn't, you know, there was people in my class that were like, I want to play Hamlet, I want to play this, I want to play that. And I never, and it's not that there's anything wrong with that. If they think that, like, they've got something to add to that, that's mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. But there was never anything that made me kind of want to go, like, yeah, I have to play this. Like, I know what I would do with this. There's never been, and I, and I, and I kind of still don't know. I love getting surprised when somebody goes, "Have you read this play?" and or you've auditioned for something and you've got it, and and it might not be a new play. It might be a kind of an already done play, and and you're like, "Holy shit! Right, right, I can do this. I can do this." Rather than me deciding, mm-hmm. you know, and and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think. I think there's a real there's a real danger that you know you, you have you have you given your 
have you given your Hamlet? Have you given your Macbeth? Have mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and there's people that play those parts that, that, that don't think like that. Mm-hmm. But there are some, and there is a kind of a thing in the business where it's, there's a, there's a, there's like a, a checklist of, and, and it's not, and in saying that, like, the only, the only part that I've ever really thought like, yeah, I'd kind of like to, because I think it's, I think it's a great play, is Macbeth, is just mm-hmm. that. But I don't want to go through a list of, of, have you, have you done this and have you done that? Because I think we need to question those, 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 those plays that are held up as classics. I think they have to withstand interrogation now. And too often, I think they're done because they're classics, because they're, because they were once something. Mm-hmm. And now you kind of look at them and you go, this is a period piece like this is a and and again there's nothing wrong with that there's an audience for that mm-hmm. but that can't be the only thing that we do and that can't be the the only thing that we that we aspire to do mm-hmm. either um but this thing about progressing as an actor is really interesting um and i know what you mean that not necessarily getting bigger and bigger all the time because mm-hmm. bigger is not necessarily better there's also the challenge of when you're not working on mm-hmm. something specific how do you progress and what what are your what are your tips there um i i try to do lots of different things like i've taught myself how to how to edit um not hugely well but but on um on online editing and and uh, making a couple of short films and making a couple of music videos and I've taught myself all those things because I find them really interesting and and also I suppose because the opportunities haven't been given to me and a lot of my contemporaries you know like the the short film thing is kind of like for a while I was just sitting looking at all these amazing actors that I love and love watching and going how are they gonna how are they gonna progress by doing one line in a sitcom Mm -hmm. like you know there was there's so many brilliant actors when i started making short films that that you go like how's anybody gonna gonna get used to acting on you know because that's the hardest thing to get is 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 kind of acting on camera Mm -hmm. and how's anybody how are any of us gonna get any better where we like we try and try and try and then we get two lines on a on a thing like you're not gonna learn anything there and you know and of course it was for my own reasons it was for yeah um my desire to try and tell a story and find out how if 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 i could do that um but yeah so so actually me saying living living your life is probably not the (laughs) not not like i I fill all my time you do with trying to learn new stuff and and do new stuff and and i think it is about i think some people can i i can't do i find it really hard to do kind of exercises and and things and and again i know that possibly that's because i've been really lucky in the last kind of three years four years where we're i've had a kind of relatively kind of stable level of work mm-hmm. so 
so maybe maybe this is from the point of view of someone who you're like yeah well it's very easy for you to say that you don't need to you know um but i i find that hard and again that might be because i haven't had a kind of period in the last kind of three years where where i've had a really extended period where you're like oh my god what am i doing what am i doing yeah yeah the um but I, you know I, I think anything that helps you in your spare time it finds your creativity because that's what it's all about is like and it doesn't matter whether that's making a short film podcasts like making a table i've just made a coffee table that was I mean, um, i'm not sure it's helped me as an actor um but but it's somewhere to put your coffee but it's <laughs> that's one thing because you need that i mean you definitely need that when you're out of work is a place to lay your coffee you're going to be drinking coffee um although i did quite a lot of work on it in the first i, I didn't use a coaster in the oh, first no. cup of coffee that i put down I obviously I thought the varnish was dry in the varnish and it's just like just a tiny little trace of it but did you not want to resand it yes then? absolutely are you going to uh, I probably will yeah, at some I point I can um, see it in your face you're going to because <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just too much it's painful it's horrible <laughs> but I think anything that helps you yeah it, it, I'm not sure keep non keep non yeah and i'm not sure being out of work can help you progress i think the the way you progress is but is by being in work like i think there is some things that you can do but i think the majority of what we learn is from being on set or being in a studio or Mm -hmm. or or being on stage like that's where you learn and it's and it's very hard to get those experiences it's very hard to get a rehearsal room experience without having the job that yeah. goes with it. Nobody runs that. No matter how many workshops you do, you're never going to have the the same because it's being able to do it under pressure. It's being able to do it knowing that the knowing deadline's that, coming. That, and, that, yeah. That, 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 yeah, like you say, like this, the actual show is coming. You, you're not just doing this as a, oh, this, this feels great, this feels great. People are going to be looking at you and deciding whether they believe you or not. But then right. what you what you're talking about in a way is how to keep yourself ticking over and keep mm-hmm. yourself from going nuts, mm-hmm. which is just is also really important. Yeah. So it's good to hear that because everyone's got different techniques yeah, yeah, for yeah, that, yeah. you know. Um. So the last few years you were saying have been fairly consistent, yeah. which is nice. I saw you in Rhinoceros. Yes. Absolute madness. Yeah. Wonderful Bonkers. madness. Yeah, so I'm totally. going back to that. Oh, you're doing it again, yeah. Well, yeah, we we start rehearsals again for that on the fifth of March, mm-hmm. I think. Um, just a short run at it again, though. Yeah, it's a shame. Just, I mean, it's it was, well, it's. I mean, it was happens, great. It? it was it was great, and yeah, having a, a, a Turkish director Murat that speaks no English, or he does. He kind of he he does that. I don't understand anything, and then you're like, he totally knows what he I'm knows. What he knows what we're saying, <laughs> but working through a translator, yeah. But yeah, so everything kind of took slightly longer because of that. But then there's a there's a level of freedom that he he gave us because he's he's not judging you on the emphasis that you put on words, or he's judging you on what he feels coming so from a, you. It's so a broader brushstroke, yeah, almost. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a there's a real kind of detail in what he's doing like yeah. but it's not language based that's what's kind of lovely about it is like he would he would stop 
sometimes he would kind of brilliantly be like, mm, that's not a good picture. And you're like, what, what, what? And he's like, don't you worry about the picture. I'll worry about the picture. But, yep. you know, he would kind of position you in places. But then at other times it was about, he could see that you weren't feeling or you weren't showing the feeling that he wanted. And rather than kind of like, mm, yeah, well, maybe if you say this word or this word, he would he would yeah. talk more generally about feelings. And actually, when you got those, the words would kind of come anyway. Yeah. Um. And it and it was it was it was a wonderful and terrifying experience. And I do remember thinking like, I love this. This is definitely the kind of show that I would love to watch. But that might not be everybody. I kind of felt like it was. Yeah. It was one of those shows that was so bonkers. You're like, this is either going to work or really not work. Like, it's not going to sit anywhere kind of in between. Um, but doesn't isn't that what we but that's, want, that's really? what you want. You it's going to work for some loads of people and it's yeah. going to not work for people. And Yeah. yeah. And I think, Great. I think if you can come away, that like that's what I've had to learn and, and learn relatively recently is that, is that you, you absolutely are there for the audience and you're there for and you can feel that you can feel when you have an audience you can feel when you don't have an audience but also there is something and i think i think probably the best the best example of it is is someone like matt lenton mm-hmm. um because i've done quite a few shows with with matt now and matt makes work for him and sometimes that coincides with what an audience like and sometimes that doesn't mm-hmm. but he and he, and he's happy for, he's happy he's not happy for it to fail but he's he's okay with it failing if it's what he wanted to make and and i think as actors that's kind of that's kind of all you can do is if you go like i'm doing this the way i want to do it and i wouldn't of course, there's still things you would want to change, but if if I'm happy with the show, you know, I remember thinking about Rhinoceros, this is definitely the kind of show I would love to watch. And that kind of somehow magically takes a bit of pressure off you because you, you just, you're like, well, if people hate it, mm-hmm. I, understa- I understand that. I understand, and, and that doesn't diminish, that doesn't diminish how I feel about it. And I think that's, so hard as actors to kind of separate yourself from is to go if everyone hates it i hate it and and someone like matt it kind of taught me that actually if everyone hates it that doesn't mean you should necessarily hate it okay sometimes you should look at your your own choices and all the sometimes, rest of it yeah. but but there is a you have to make work that you're happy with and you have to make work that that you find interesting like and and yeah it doesn't i absolutely we should listen to an audience and if all of them are going this is terrible what have you made like maybe <laughs> yeah, you should you know, question yourself yeah you no know, use your yeah. instinct don't you but then we're all we also live in a world in an industry where we're and almost only as good as the last job we did oh totally or the last job the job that we're doing now yeah, yeah, yeah. is the basis of our next one if yeah, we're going to get yeah. one and that that as well i think sometimes it, it it means that you don't enjoy like the moment that you're in is yeah. because because of that worry because you go this job has to lead to another job or this job is the thing that people will look at me for the next job and mm-hmm. i've seen friends and 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 i've done it as well 
wish away your time because you're going right what does what does this lead to next and you forget that like this might i mean hopefully it won't but this might be your last job like or or you're doing it now are you, so uh, yeah, this yeah. is what you're doing live live right now this is what you want it now yeah. <laughs> yeah don't and i think that kind of for me that speaks to speaks to the thing about not having a, a, a plan or not having a an overall goal is yeah. like if I was constantly thinking about, I mean, of course, there's things I want to do and and all the rest of it. But if I was if I was always thinking about what is the goal of my career, I wouldn't be able to enjoy the moments that I'm mm-hmm. getting to do now. And and like we're definitely not doing it for the money. So what the fuck are we doing it for? Well, if not it, yeah. for now, if not to be here and be present and enjoy it and in all its kind of goodness and badness yeah and and then what i've heard from a lot of people is there comes a point where you realize that a career change is not an option (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's a truth that i've heard in this studio now a number of times and it's made me realize i suppose yeah that's true at a certain age i suppose you go I could have gone and defected and done X, Y, Z, yeah. but now mm. was there ever a was there ever a fallback for you um, or another there idea? Was, there was never really a fallback on that. Um, I hated turning. <laughs> I hated turning thirty six. I'm thirty six just now. I'm thirty seven mm-hmm. uh, very shortly in a month and a bit. But thirty six really felt like the time that I definitely wouldn't get to be a professional footballer. <laughs> like somehow in my head, I thought you was, was still just yeah. There was just there was like you might get to turn out, you know, like yeah. it might happen. But thirty six felt like nah. This is where only guys like Frank Lampard and that can can last beyond this. And any hope that you've ever harbored of, and I mean, it was an absolutely unrealistic joke. Uh, hope I'm not. I'm not suggesting that I was ever 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 good enough, but but it's a milestone. But it's a milestone that just went. Yeah, that's that's gone, and but I've never had that. I haven't had that yet with acting, where where it's went. Yeah, you, you, you there is nothing else now. It's this has always felt like the there is nothing else now for me. Like it yeah. was always, you know, the 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 kind of drama school, like go, go going straight. Everything just felt like yeah, there's nothing else. You you really mm-hmm. you're really gonna do. I, you know, there's things in school that you kind of feel like, you're like, oh, maybe I could do that, or maybe I could do that, and and then you just go, if people like, that's the amazing thing. You're like, if people are willing to like pay me actual money, and I mean, you know, when I first came out of drama school, sometimes it was like, I'll I'll do it for no money as well. Like, yeah, of course. If yeah. people, if I can make a living getting to do this why would I want to do anything else? Like, And I understand people get tired of it and people, the financial uncertainty and all that. Like, I totally get that. But I've ne- I haven't, I've never, I mean, there's, t- there's definitely times that you want to run away, that you kind of go, I want to go and make things with wood, like tables that are then ruined. Tables to ruin. Tables to ruin. Ruining my own work. Yeah. I did it yesterday. I, I play the accordion most days. Just yeah. as a, you know, it's I find it therapeutic and also I'm practicing and I'm always trying to get better. And my theory is that even if I was on a desert island with it and, I, and there was no hope of getting off, I'd still practice. Do you know I what like I mean? I like that. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. reminds me that, yeah. you know, 
that that's meaningful and it's still important and it's not yeah. about an end goal which is kind of cool with what you're saying but i was playing it yesterday to to try and chill out from the worry of you know is this going to come through is this yeah. are the dates yeah. going to work yeah. for yeah. that yeah. that uncertainty was really driving me crazy and and then I played the accordion and I wasn't very good and I got really mad oh, because no. I was like, I'm doing this to get away from being bad at that or that not being right. And then I was like, you know what? Forget it. Put the accordion down. I'm done with this. No talent. You know, all that crap. And I just sat on the couch and looked at my phone. I thought, I can that I can do, you know. I do find it therapeutic, but some days when I'm not as good as I want to, as be, you want to be, it's just worse. Just I mean, makes things worse. That I imagine that would be the difficulty of being <sighs> proficient in something quite so skillful that's if it's not perfect and yeah. it never is then you just go well, that was good but it's not good enough yeah and other days it wasn't even good <laughs> so that was yesterday <laughs> <laughs> but we keep going but i and, and then that's what i kind of like about acting is that is that there isn't there isn't an answer you know unlike mm. music unlike you know we were, we were talking before before we recorded about you know people going What's the easiest musical instrument to learn? And you're like, I love that none. question. There is none. There Forget is none. It. Like, you need to be rubbish for a set. You know, and I love that about music. I love that. I love that there needs to be a level of proficiency before you're even considered proficient. Like, but with acting, it is that unfortunate thing about our business where people kind of go, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I do that. But actually, it is true. To some you, degree, to some degree, it, it definitely is. I mean, you know, not the people that go, "Oh no, I've never done it. I just think I could do it." Like, of course, those. But you know, as somebody who who came through amateur theatre, like there is talent there. Like there is, mm-hmm. you know, there's and, innate and, sometimes. Yeah, and someone who has never done a show can have raw ability and can have raw talent and and it's frustrating sometimes because it it does it does mean that because you can't pin down what that what that thing is why Mm. is that person good why is that person not like you can never because you can never pin that down it kind of means it's it's open for anybody to kind of stand up on the table and go i'm gonna give this act and i'm gonna give this act and a crack (laughs) yeah like oh yeah all right yeah, no, that's cool. Because I could do it. You're like, yeah. Yeah, I've been doing it for... Yeah, I've been doing it for 15 years. Trying and, really hard. And trying really hard. <laughs> and like you say, and then you kind of go, and yeah, it's literally only my last job that counts as, as yeah. me being any good. Like, But then people are watching, people are watching acting all the time. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah, so people yeah, get yeah, this yeah, idea. Yeah. It's just, Culturally, we're always looking at people acting yeah, and playing yeah, parts. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I suppose, in a sense, we're always listening to music. So people, I think people all think that they can make dance music. <laughs> most people think, and I, this is my theory because it's true of me, most people think they've got a dance track in them, possibly an album. Actually, I'm going to agree. I, I do think, think, I think I've got a, definitely got a dance track in. I know it's a slow build as well. You know where the drop comes da- in, right? Yeah, my drop. I know. It's a late drop, but I think it's going to be amazing. Late drop. You're not going to release it to me at 85. <laughs> But this is the thing, you know, people, well, because we're surrounded by yeah. uh, better and better look at TV, yeah, like American yeah, yeah, drama yeah. on yeah. TV, yeah. the quality of not only the production, but the actual performances. Mm-hmm. People are seeing that all the time. So no wonder people go, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. And I suppose. And it is open. It's possible. Yeah. There's there's channels where people can do it. But then the chances of anyone doing it consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Are that's so slim. Where... This is the trouble. Yeah. And, and, and you do. And I watch friends that have done it for you know way longer than us and 
and they're still like they're still being judged job to job and you're like and of course that's the nature of it but you yeah. but you kind of go like there is no other or there's very few professions where it's you know here's here's a guy or a girl that's done it for 25 years has been consistently good or better yeah and like all they have to do is one job where they're not quite on it and people are like well they're a bit rubbish like what you've done previously doesn't matter and that's liberating but terrifying as well like yeah. when you see you know friends that have that have, that have consistently worked in film or television and 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 then they're like i can't i can't get arrested like yeah. it, it, nobody cares and you're like wow and i love that i love that one of my friends um just after we not long after we come out uh, drama school james uh, james anthony pearson and james weirdly came to acting i did syt with him but he came to acting from doing a maths and physics degree in edinburgh like, oh, right. so didn't train just went straight in and i loved his his ability to just go yeah i can do that like whereas mm -hmm. drama school kids were like no i've been told that i can't play that so i can't play that and he because he hadn't trained was just like yeah yeah i can do that and i remember he did a he did a film with uh uh richard jobson and uh, newton killers with do gray scott and <laughs> it just that thing he had he had was it was it this one or was it he'd done that and and control with Anton Corbin, mm -hmm. uh, and he was playing uh, the bassist of uh, no, the guitarist of um, Joy Division, and literally when the film came out, he was working in a restaurant, like waiting tables, yeah. and you're just it, it, it's just that thing where you go, yeah, you had this amazing experience, like you got to play live in front of these audiences as Joy Division. They treated you as Joy Division. You're doing this absolutely amazing, uh, amazing thing, and now you're back to working in in a in a in a restaurant serving people food. Do you hear that all the time? Just... People, people. I've heard of someone serving serving their dinner, and then the person at the table says, "Didn't I see you in, you know?" And it's a musical that was on in a theatre across the road, or something. You know, these Broadway cats yeah, that are always yeah, back yeah, and yeah. forth. That's just the the truth. It's so. It's funny. I play music for Irish dancing competitions, and I consider that my bar job. And uh, but people say, "What do you do? Like, are you a musician full time?" And I say, oh, "My main my main job is a, I'm an actor." Because most most people who play music for Irish dancing have like day jobs yeah because it, yeah, yeah, it happens yeah, at yeah. weekends yeah there's a few of my friends that make a, a full-time living at it tremendous musicians but mm. anyway you know when they say what do you do they expect you to be like well i, I work in work well, in a school i work in the city or i'm a school teacher <laughs> yeah. or you know i'm a dentist or whatever and i go i'm an actor and they're like what do you mean you're an actor <laughs> like because yeah. i say it's like that's my job yeah 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 because no, but... i think the more i say that you know i have to when people ask me what i do i have to say that and and buy into it myself oh, more than anybody um it's really important i'm always so embarrassed because you're like i do a bit it. of i just go i'm an actor you know oh. and i'm a musician and then but yeah it's just not what people expect no but you have to keep plugging away at it you i know, get so okay yeah that i i do you shrug i, st I, I struggle with the confidence of i'm yeah. an actor i really just like yeah yeah I'm, I'm, yeah i do and and then they because you're but like what you were saying because you're not confident about it people are like are you really yeah like what and and well, well if you what, don't buy into it yeah then. and then, what have you done and you're like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm 
not going to say Miss Evie. And then you just feel stupid. You're like, why am I being so awkward about this? You're like, yes, I'm an actor. That's my job. Yeah. And I do, I do my job. But I really struggle with it. Like, I never admit to it in taxis. See, that's what they say. Was David Gregg said to me, when you know you're a writer is when you get in a taxi and they ask you, are you a writer? And, or not, they don't ask you, are you a writer? They say, what are you doing? You say, I'm a writer. And they say, what are, you, what are you working on? And when you're able to tell them in a sort of a taxi <coughs> conversation way yeah. what you're working on, that's, that's, you're not a writer till then. And yeah. I think, yeah, in a way, it's about that, isn't it? Because t- the question is always, you're an actor, they say, have you been what in have you anything been in? Yeah. <laughs> that we recognise you? And you know? you're like, do you go to the theatre a lot? <laughs> like, do you know the, the work of the National Theatre of Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> How are you on uh, touring theatre companies <laughs> <laughs> to the uh, mid-2000s? Yeah, have you ever been to Hoyk? <laughs> <laughs> but you like, did Black Watch, didn't you? Is, yeah, but... Yeah, I, did you I, a tour I did that? the... Yeah, we did a fair bit of touring. I was the I was the I was the subby 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 keeper. Oh were you? Yeah, I was we were right in the last Way we, back. we had the last we had the last shot on it. Did you do the um, SECC one? Yeah. Oh then I saw you. We did it. it again. Yeah. Um and we all got um the novo virus. Oh that's that hideous. We had to cancel I don't think they've ever had to cancel a show and they had to cancel it because I heard about that from the, someone else who the, was in it. The, I can't remember who the it was. side that it went down. You know, they've got understudies and all that, and you're like, you were totally sorted. And yeah. Just, it wiped out half the cast. It was horrific. Oh, that's terrible. Um, but yeah, no, and we toured, we toured, we did, yeah, we did, a, we did America, and we did, um, but we, again, apart from San Francisco and, and uh, Seattle, when we, we did Washington and Chicago the first time, mm-hmm. and the show had already been there. So again, even there, you kind of you still felt like a backup. You're like, yeah, these aren't the same guys that we saw last time. Like, <laughs> I don't like these guys as much. They're not good. Um, that's not true. That's, that's in your head. Of course, it's in your head. You do worry that you're going to break this unbreakable show that has been a kind of smash hit everywhere else, and you're like, I wonder if I'm the one that brings it down. <laughs> like, I suppose that's the thing about being in something that runs for a long terrifying. time. And then you realise like how strong the show is. You can't you realize break it. like you would have to work. Yeah. You would have to purposely be trying to bring that show down from yeah, within. That's true. Um this is a credit to it. Yeah. I mean it's amaz it's an amazing show. Um and we got we got to go to South Korea with it, which was tremendous. Super weird and amazing. And yeah. uh yeah, the translation of all the Scottish swear words into Korean just met with silence. And you're like, oh okay. They're not too keen on these don't translate too well. <laughs> no, but you never know, do you? No. You, I mean, and the Americans kind of loved it. Like, yeah. yeah, we only understood half of what you were saying, but yeah, it was great. <laughs> like, but like, yeah, the the Koreans, I think all the sexual swearing and all the rest of it, just they're a very, very, very polite society. And it was just like, right, let's do the dancey bit. Do the dancey bit. That will bring them back. Yeah, yeah, like, that's it. Everybody stop swearing. <laughs> but you don't know until you go with these things yeah, I mean that's was, just an uncharted territory almost yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw you in what did I see you in the Douglas Maxwell play not that long ago at the Lyceum Charlie Lyceum. Sinatra Charlie Sinatra yeah I'd love to do more of Douglas's work I, I do love I his writing I love his writing and when he hits it he just hits it and I love Douglas that Douglas is a writer that that sometimes doesn't, and he, he and he knows he doesn't, you know, or maybe he doesn't know, maybe he finds out, but mm-hmm. like, he's not a man that 
is afraid to 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 be bold mm -hmm. with his ideas and bold yeah. with his writing and and there's a certain there's a kind of deceptiveness with Douglas's writing where it feels natural and then when you say it if you say it in kind of naturalism it just kind of doesn't work because there's a because there's a beautiful poetry and a kind of theatricality that runs through Douglas's writing that I think when you initially read it, you're like, oh, this is natural. This is just like people standing in a kitchen, right? We can mm -hmm. say this. No there's bother. more bubbling underneath Yeah, yeah, there, and there's there? so much more. Um, and somebody like Matt Lenton that um, directed it was is so attuned to that and, and, and kind of is like, I know that we can't do this as a piece of natural writing. You know, and and the story was a kind of magical, kind of magical realism. But mm. he he was so aware of that. There's something peculiar about Douglas's writing that 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 sometimes with directors catches them out because they don't quite realise that it's you can't just do it, uh, yeah, straight. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I loved, I loved Charlie Sonata. Like I, I loved the the story of it and I loved the actors that we had doing it like Great Sandy's cast. one of my favourite uh, actors Meg Fraser Barney I'd never worked with Barney uh, Powers Power he always used to get upset about that and I can't remember which one well you're going to upset me the way now yeah I've said them both you said both but so that I've covers both so I've got one of them right okay and one of them it's wrong it's 50, 50. Um, but yeah just amazing actors and this crazy crazy story of this this very sad and beautiful man in the middle which you know as someone who loves watching Sandy Grierson act like and there was times there was times I would just stand at the side of the stage when he's doing his he's doing a speech to to the daughter in the bed and mm. you're, you're just like <laughs> you're like oh I better go on right stop crying stop crying yeah it's great I love that though and I love that I wasn't on stage for that because I probably would have just got a bit spellbound and just been. I do that all the time, do, watching I people doing great acting. Remind myself I'm in it, <laughs> yeah. you know. Or oh, the other thing is remind myself I'm in it because I, I'm not allowed to let on that I only just figured one of the bits out. I've done that with Shakespeare. I'm in the scene in rehearsal and I have to stop myself going ah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I thought don't let anybody don't, see this realization. You this totally is, knew that, but you're delighted. Yeah, oh. and you have to go home and go yes. Yeah, but and you know, like, it's the tech. So and it's, it's part. <laughs> <laughs> I really should. I really should have known before then. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, figure it out. That is the truth. You get there eventually. You get there yeah. through the process. <laughs> I do like that thing of being in a rehearsal room and having an opportunity to watch oh, other people do amazing I love things. It. I love it. What a joy. Yeah. And you think I'm learning, I'm just Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is a free masterclass. I think you are. And All I think time. you know, watching how they work and how they get there and you know, and I, I think it's it's very difficult to watch somebody to watch somebody in rehearsals and not appreciate what they're doing like you know even even if when you go to the final performance like you know people might come out and go oh, i didn't i didn't really like what they did and then you because you know it's yeah. really hard when you work with somebody and you see their process and you go i can totally see what they're doing and it's a shame that this isn't translating mm -hmm. to how you view it you know and and maybe that makes us too nice on other actors but i don't think it is because you you see so many different ways of working and and sometimes you do sometimes you watch and you go fuck i wish it. oh my god that's how they did it 
mm-hmm. like and it's it's and and a part of you is like i still don't think i'd be able to do it but i now understand their process to get how to they there. got there but then you get people saying, people say to me after show, I kind of wish she had done such and such if I'm in it. And I go, quite often I go, well, we thought about that. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know yeah, and you don't yeah, want to have yeah, an answer yeah. for everything, but no. often it's true. You go, there was talk about that yeah, and we yeah, tried yeah. it 400 different ways. Yeah. And here's, you know, and you're able to tell, tell them yeah, yeah, why yeah. that didn't work or it's just interesting. I also when people go, I wish they did that. And you're like, well... When we get to the stage where, like, theatre is, like, press the button <laughs> if you want the actor to be angry on this line. Yes. Like, and, and, and that's what I love about theatre and that's what I love about actors is is that you you can give, you can give a thousand, a thousand actors the same part and not one of them will, regardless of how well-known, you know, regardless, that, I suppose that's why folk love doing the, the Hamlet and all that is, is because you can go a thousand ways and you can and mm. it's lovely when you see you see and i really enjoy when i see an actor and go i have no idea how i would do this part like i genuinely don't know how i would do it and you see it as you see someone do it and you go that's how you should do it like mm. you know and i love that feeling of going yep i couldn't have done that like it the, again it's a grounding it's a kind of a moment where you go Yep, you're, you're, you, you can't, you would do something, but you wouldn't do, wouldn't have got there. you wouldn't have got there. And that I find really exciting. Because the opposite is bad. <laughs> I should have done that. Yeah, 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 totally. He's just going to do that. Like going, that. Oh, well, we can all do funny faces and voices. <laughs> like, oh, if you're Oh, sure, do... go down stage right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy peasy, easy peasy. <laughs> no, but as you say, that, that aspirational thing keeps you yeah, on your toes. Totally, you go, definitely. Wow. Yeah, definitely. To be surprised, constantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Well, we're out of time. Brilliant. I think people maybe should be lying on the couch when I say that. And their time is up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, how much you. was that? <laughs> <laughs> you can invoice. Thank okay. you for chatting to me. No, my pleasure. There you go, the ever-effervescent Robbie Jack in Rhinoceros at the Lyceum Theatre until the end of this week. So I was up in Dundee the other day, as you know, doing uh, McGonagall's Chronicles, and it gave me a chance to catch up with a few of the rep people and, and secure some more great guests. And that is just, the guests are piling up, and I mean that in a good way. Um, and it's great being through in Edinburgh as well, because being between the Lyceum and the Trav, just, you know, bumping into people. And, and it's happening on Twitter now. People are putting themselves forward to be on the show. So if you think that you should be on the show, and you haven't been yet, and I haven't approached you, why don't you just drop me a line? Because people are now starting to do that. So, you can get me on Twitter, as you know, pitccpod, or you can email brian at puttingittogethercast.com. Don't forget, my website is designed by Purple Panda Media. Uh, they do web design and logo design and various other things in a very fantastical manner. So please do give them a shout, purplepandamedia.com. And until next week, that is all from me. I look forward to speaking to you then. Cheerio now.